Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts, like me, examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. And we're on, well, first let me introduce myself. My name's Marin Kennedy. I don't know why I said my last name that time. I usually don't do that. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm really the only Murrin around, so uh, it's not like you wouldn't be able to find me. Uh, I'm from Point Break Minute and Cast in the Furious, and with me, as usual, my trusty co-host for this uh, chunk of uh, this this podcast in particular, my dad, Bob Keckley. Hi there. Hi. Okay. <clears throat> this is, yeah, Minute 69. Well, what was I going to say before I was introducing myself? Now I'm totally off. This is not... Okay. Okay. Uh, it's been at 69 um, of uh, the best years of our lives. And we see Fred. He finally gets into that apartment building. Finally. It's like uh, the curse has been ended. And uh, he gets in and then we see, you know, he waves goodbye kind of cheerily and Peggy says, bye. Just, it's like just a little bit too late after the door's already closing. And then she looks a little forlorn because she was falling in love with him and she thinks she's thinking I'm never going to see him again now. Now we see her start the car and start to drive away. Now usually when you're driving, in a movie, you're not really driving. It's a, it's a screen that moves behind the car that makes it look like you're moving, right? I guess so. It depends I, I on so. the <laughs> era of the movie. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that that's the case. Uh, if, you're, if they're showing inside the car, yeah. I think that's, that's the case, yes. Anyway, it's a well done effect. I, I, I wonder though, because you only see it for a second, I wonder if it is real in this case because the car it just like vibrates a little bit and you only see just a little bit of movement so but i, I don't know if it if it's uh an effect it's well done and subtle but i guess they would you would you know it'd be something that would be pretty rudimentary at this point anyway that's just a little thing i thought of i really don't know the answer to it then we see fred he's looking at apartment i think that's two j the j is kind of a cursive j so it's hard to tell uh, and then we cut to inside the apartment and Virginia Mayo is getting out of bed and she's really annoyed that she has to go answer the door. Probably now, thinking I was also wondering now, did she hear all those buzzers before? Yeah, because you think that would make the same buzz sound that the regular bell did. Like yeah. there's, there's so two, little... you can hit the buzzer on the outside of the building or the buzzer next to the door. And you think that would just be the same thing. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So it made me wonder, okay, they didn't make it very clear that she'd heard those other buzzers and ignored them or whether she didn't hear no, them. No, seems... whether the ones that he's making now were finally the last straw that got her up. Yeah. You, you could play it that way that it's like, oh, fine. You know, but it's been like, you know, how long did it take him to get to the apartment? Was it upstairs? Like, has it been minutes that she's been just like, they don't really make it clear, and it could no. yeah, it could be that she's per she's purposely ignoring them uh, because she thinks it's like you know the super or someone she doesn't want to talk to, or maybe the the buzzer downstairs got disconnected. 
know, yeah. sometimes they don't work. Who knows? Oh, that's true. That could have happened. But, you know, they don't follow up. They just say, no, well. she's, but she's, they show her in bed, which makes sense because, well, she was, she works late. She works nights at a nightclub, right? Right. And it's still morning. It's still like probably 8.30, maybe eight or 8.30 or nine. Right, right. Uh, probably, probably early because Peggy needs to get to work. Um, and she's doing, she's dropping Fred off on her way to work, I believe. Right. So right. I'm just, we'll say eight, eight thirty, eight or eight thirty. So it's fine. You know, it, it, seeing her get out of bed made me think because like, it, I feel like you don't see that as much, especially in like a single apartment. Now, nah, maybe that's not true, but, uh, it, it's like, oh, you see her before the, the movie makes a point to show her before she sees Fred and knows that it's Fred. And yes. the way we see her is she's getting out of bed and she's irritated. And it makes it, it the, see, having that be the first time we see her makes you think that she's, oh, she's maybe not all put together. She's, right. she's right. kind of half-dressed and not, you know, well, she doesn't have any poise or anything like that. She's, uh, she's kind of it, but it, it's it's a nice bit of realism too because that's how most of us would answer the door. If yeah, someone's, but it, not, I, if someone's I think, ringing your bell in the morning and you're in bed, then you know that's how it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, but you're still right that uh, the director decided that this would be our first impression of her. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely so, purposeful that it, that it, that does that. It gets you already thinking that oh, I don't know, but. Peggy was so, you know, so put together and buttoned up and had, you know, take, took care of Fred at night and then woke up early to take him to here and then get to work. And she's just kind of, this, uh, what's her name? Marie. Yeah. Marie. Uh, Marie. Yeah. She's works. She's does, she's not a nurse. She works at a nightclub. She, you know, she's a little bit less of a respectable pr- profession, although I don't pass any judgment personally on, no, on that. But- but I think that it was clear that the intention uh, in this, by the screenwriter was to, to make these two women opposites. Yes, they're definitely opposites. I talked already about the blonde versus brunette thing. Which, yeah, that's again, there too. Yeah. The blonde uh, works at a nightclub. The brunette's a nurse. Uh, right. Or, you know. And Virginia Mayo is known as a pinup. You know, yeah, uh, that's kind of what she's known for. I, was, I definitely know, I, I know her name but I don't know why. Um, right. I can't think of anything else she's been in. I think, than... I think it's just like one of those things like, oh, the, the Rita Hayworth poster in Shawshank Redemption is like, oh yeah, Rita Hayworth's an old pinup actress, you know, I, but I don't know if I've seen her in anything. Like, uh, Actually, I think I did see her in something quite good. Uh, only... I, mean, I don't know. It's just an example that I'm thinking of. Is like, yeah. right? people might know that name from like, oh, maybe someone had a poster of her in a, right. a newer movie or she was referenced in that way. Like, oh, she, I'm seeing this dame. She looks like Virginia Mayo or like something like right, that. Right, right. I remember, I think Virginia Mayo was in a Bob Hope movie one time and, you know, just as a, maybe as a cameo, but that's the kind of thing that I remember her doing. Well, Rita there's, there's, on one, there's one that looks pretty fun. I actually found the one that you're talking about. It's called The Princess and the Pirate. That would um, be the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bob Hope, Virginia Mayo. Uh, it's uh, a cowardly actor and a runaway princess are voyaging yeah. on a ship that is captured by a notorious pirate. 
who recently yeah. buried his treasure on a secret secret island. That sounds right. pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, as I said, I, I have seen Rita Hayworth in a in a good role with Cary Grant, and uh, it's a serious role in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think we can uh, say that it's not fair necessarily yeah. to the to judge these people by what they got to do because you know in this movie virginia mayo delivers i mean she does and she and it's perfectly it's a good, believable and she's not playing you know uh, uh a, like a, a movie star type role it's a character role which is uh asks for like a, a realism you know you see her get out of bed and it's like oh i, I totally get who this is she has to play someone unlikable, which is, you know, even though the, the we've talked about how this movie doesn't necessarily, it's not a full character. Maybe you only get one side of her, but it's, uh, it's, she does, she does what she's asked to do as well as yeah. you hope for. Um, well, you know, what it makes me wonder and think about is let's see, suppose we had cast those two women in the opposite way. Yeah. Well, how would Teresa Wright take uh, do this role? I, I think she could just do fine. I and think I, I think it would work just fine. Yeah, yeah, I think Virginia Mayo could have done the other part. I, you know, all you have to do is act, and I, it, it looks like they're both good actresses. So you know, <laughs> yeah, it's and they're you know we talk about like they're 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 played as she, you know Peggy is is the brunette and she's a little bit more buttoned up. She's not as vivacious as you would you know as this as uh, this other character Marie is supposed to be, but you, you could, I mean, they're both pretty. They're both movie stars. Like it's, right. <laughs> it's not, they're not that different when it comes right down to it. They're both right. attractive women. Right. Either way would, you know, either role would be fine for them. Yeah. Um, it could have been that the, the uh, director at the time and, or the casting person at the time thought, well, nobody would accept uh, Virginia Mayo in this other role, you know, that's just, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like, let's just do the obvious natural thing. We know that Virginia Mayo is a pinup girl and we'll just cast her that way. Yeah. You know? So that's what they did. Yeah. And people still do that caster. Oh yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's something I could definitely talk about ad nauseum. Uh, I've been, you know, as an actor who's been cast in not movies as much, but it's still something that you, you think about. Uh, um, yeah uh, what was I going to say um, I was thinking like yeah I guess like you know being a pinup doesn't necessarily like Elizabeth Taylor probably had some pinup shots you know and like right. uh, Sophia Loren and no one's saying they're not talented right right <laughs> um, yeah Virginia Mayo welcome to the movie um, so yeah she uh, let's get back to the minute uh she she's very irritated uh answering the door puts on throws on a robe um but then when she sees it's fred she's very happy she's like oh um and she's just like oh come on and look at you and she you know she's like oh you didn't even give me a chance to to uh fix my face he says oh you look fine and i don't know like i guess you know he tried his best to contact her in the only way that he could right yeah, he didn't even have her telephone number. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't and, have a way of calling her because she moved, and she did, he didn't even know where she worked because his parents didn't know that. Yeah, she know? she moved out of his parents' house, and you know, presumably they they. I, I imagine that happened pretty soon, and I imagine they probably weren't close. 
Yeah. You know, she didn't, she's not like getting along with his parents and leaving the phone number for them because like, okay, we're just, you know, she's probably purposefully was like, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. So yeah. Anyway, he, he's, he's been doing the best he can, but uh, anyway, he says, Oh, you look fine. And uh, yeah, she's kind of just, she, it, it's suddenly a flurry of, uh, of, you know, they have a nice kiss, uh, you know, sort of a homecoming thing. And it is, it's almost sweet. You know, we're, we're thinking about the, the negative aspects of this relationship because we know where it goes. Um, but the scene is almost like, it is kind of sweet. I think it is genuinely like she's happy to see him and she's, you know, they're excited to see each other um, because of the potential that there could be. Right. And uh, I, I don't, I can't remember how far this minute goes into it, but uh, I think pretty very soon at this point, we see that uh, they don't know each other very well and that they sort of have a different idea about who the other is. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, having uh, only known each other 20 days before he left, or at least been married 20 days, probably, you know, you know, a pretty quick uh, uh, romance too. Yeah, I don't imagine they, I don't think, it's it's uh, played that they they were mar- they been married for twenty days before he left and probably didn't know each other that much longer before that it was just sort of a, a, sh- a shotgun wedding. Yeah, yeah, very very quick and basically married because he was leaving. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to lock uh, it down. Yeah, and uh, so there's there's a sense that uh, not only don't they know each other but they have all sorts of assumptions about who the other is Mm -hmm. that are based on kind of some idealized uh, persona that is not real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He he had a picture of her that he had with him that he he'd show off to his other. Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think we brought that up before. Yeah. This is the, this is the, (laughs) to bring it up again, I guess finally we can talk about her for real. Yeah. Definitely the, the, the the uh yeah he he gained credit for his fellow soldiers by showing having that photo i'm sure and that was yeah. part of the reasoning you know whether consciously or not uh and yeah have something to look forward to to get home and then as we've talked about before she she wants him to be in uniform that's her yeah she loves the she's even i think she she comments on it in the next minute i think but even now i'm looking at this freeze frame and uh she's looking at the uniform <laughs> Yeah. She's not looking at his face. He's just yeah. looking at like the medals and the ribbons. Right. Right. Um, and she just so a, a pretty shallow relationship. Yeah. I think. Uh, and we see that pretty quickly. Yeah. I wonder w- when he left, he probably wouldn't have had, well, he wouldn't have had the medals, obviously, but what do you, he probably would have had a more generic uniform too, because I assume he was probably promoted during the war. Right. I, yeah, you don't he's a go young, in. He's, he's a, captain, a young guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a captain. He, he was a young guy when he was recruited, um, when he was drafted. And I imagine when you're drafted, I, you know, he was a soda jerk. So they're not going to be like, oh, you're going to be an officer, your officer material right off the bat. Right. I think they had to train him for the job and how he got to be a captain. I don't really know how that works. I but, don't either. Uh, you have to succeed in order to get those promotions one way or another. And uh, we do know that he did some heroic stuff 
and that's yeah. why he got the medal. You no, know, yeah, he got a medal for that. But what, maybe he also got a, a rank promotion for that. Maybe possibly. I, yeah. I, I'm sure there's other people who would talk about this movie who will be able to have knowledge about that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm imagining that as well. A bonus for her is that, like, oh, he's he, he's his uniform is even cooler than the uniform he was wearing when he left. Like, it's it's uh, even uh, a better uniform. Right, and they, they and there's a nice touch that he's a captain, and uh, Al, who is a much more yes. successful civilian and much older, was only a sergeant in the infantry. So, yeah, uh, you know they they're also playing with that because yes, uh, yes. he just has no status left. He was a captain. Now he's nothing. You know, and then and then when Al he's he really didn't have much status in the army. Now when he's back, he's given. I think this happens later, but he's he's already a banker, which is a pretty high status job, even if you're you know in the low end of the banking you know of the bank. But then he gets a higher status. He becomes vice president. Yeah, he's um, given a promotion immediately without having to do anything yeah <laughs> just for that, coming home that's a whole other part of the movie but yeah, yeah it is interesting to point out that uh that swap that happens yeah yeah and yeah, yeah in fact goes back to working at the drugstore yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which is which he had said to peggy in the previous minute that was the last thing he was going to be doing yeah he wants but, to do something that feels as important as what he was doing he wants to do something he wants to move forward in life as everyone right. does right but he gets that taken away because uh, you're being a hero in the war is only worth so much as we learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sobering thought. It is. It is. It's a sobering movie. It, uh, it, it packs a punch for sure. Right. And historically it's uh, it's important just in terms of getting a perspective on uh, the post-war days uh, for for soldiers, but for everybody, really. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Frederick March before uh, and his history um, with the, uh, or maybe we didn't talk about that uh, on the podcast, but he- No, we didn't. I actually was gonna, I know what you're bringing up. I was gonna save this for the next, for the last minute because he's in the last minute. Oh, let's do that then because there are some- We, we could talk about that in the final minute, what he, which is a, a scene with him. Yeah, because it's, you know, it also uh, pertains to the movie as a whole. So and, what are we talking about? You'll yeah, have to find out. Find out next time. Yeah. <laughs> may have, again, may have already been brought up by someone earlier on, but anyway, Probably. We'll, we'll talk about yeah. it and we'll maybe yeah. add something. Uh, all right. I, yeah, I, I, um, they're, they're happy to see each other, but there's uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not so good things on the, on the horizon for them. Yeah, and you know the fact that it's immediately after he's been with Peggy. Yeah, obviously, you, you, just you do, makes you compare them. It's you get just the inevitable. comparison right off the bat. Yeah, it, you know, it was interesting to me in hindsight that uh, the the previous minute with um, the older couple uh, that we talked about uh, was taking place kind of at the same time as this i mean the, the timing of it they they had already left the the younger couple and then all this stuff with the shower and the breakfast in bed and all this uh mm -hmm. that happened and then we switch over to the end of the car ride so was yeah. the car ride just long enough for this other scene to happen or 
or you know, is it just poetic license that these things could be happening at the same time? I always wonder about that, you know, just- the, You're talking about like the, the car ride happening at the same time as the breakfast in bed? Right, whether the, yeah. that was the same time or the timing is a little different or, or they were at different times and we just expected the car ride to last a certain amount of time so that the next scene takes place chronologically exactly after that but it's not yeah, that important because when, but when we cut funny. back there it's clearly time has passed and they're yeah um they're in a different yeah if we when we get back to frederick march and myrna loy they're they're in a different they're not in the bedroom anymore uh right so right. um yeah it's funny I, that is interesting to, to think about um and in most movies you just kind of assume that it's all just or i mean when when a scene cuts to another scene, it's usually just, you kind of just understand that it's a little bit of time has passed. Right, right. Unless but, if and they it, want and it usually, to be... Usually it either doesn't really matter exactly how much time has passed. Right. But or it is explained, yeah. or it is sort of told in a specific way. Right. I got a it's... movie uh, called Dunkirk that would either drive you crazy or you'd love it <laughs> for that reason. Oh, because it's... Dunkirk? It... No, I haven't. I really like it. Uh, it was Christopher Nolan's uh, movie, not the latest one, but the one before that. And so it's a World War II movie again, um, but during the war. And it, uh, it plays with that convention where it's, it's not time travel. It's just showing you scenes that in any other movie you would think, oh, this is... I assume these are happening simultaneously because you're showing me them. You're cutting back and forth between them. But then what that movie does is like, well, I never told you they were happening at the same time. You just assume that. Oh, and then they're not. And then they're not. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. And yeah. so I think, I think the in reviews of that movie, some people thought that was cheap and some people were like, yeah, I liked it. I, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I thought it was, you know, it didn't make too much difference. It was just kind of like a nice, if you took that out of the movie, it wouldn't make it better or worse. It was just kind of a little, like the, the good parts of the movie are still good, regardless of how it's edited. Anyway, that's yeah, an interesting movie. I recommend it. Yeah, it seems like usually if they, the director wants you to think something is simultaneous, then they make it extremely obvious. Yeah. That it is. Like they'll say, okay, here's the same uh, set of circumstances from another character's point of view. And they'll make yeah. it obvious you, that that's the case, but... Uh, and with modern film editing, you can even do the thing where I, I've been watching uh, the TV show Fargo and they do a lot of like, they'll cut the screen in half and show two scenes at once. And that's like, oh, these are happening at the same time. Oh, and there's meaning to that. Okay. <laughs> so that that you'll see fun. that more later on in, yeah. uh, when you can do that with editing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, that's that minute. We have one more to do and we will talk more about Frederick Marsh and Myrna Loy. Uh, and uh, excited to get to that. Uh, anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, Dan? I think that's it for this minute. All right. Well, in that case, you can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Social media is available at Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook and on Twitter at 
the best minutes. I think it would be at the best minutes. I don't really know how Twitter works. But you can find it there. And we'll see you again for minute 70. Bye-bye. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.